Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 245th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Apid.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me on them socials just about everywhere at Brendan Apid. And joining me today, my podcast writer diet, the bill to my TED, because we are going on an excellent E3-shaped adventure today, Miss Ali Hart. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. How you doing? This Sunday morning slash Saturday afternoon, halfway through E3, Lollapalooza, whatever you want to call it, it has been a journey. Yeah, I was going to do it, but I couldn't do a fucking guitar noise to save my life. Maybe I'll pick up Rock Smith. Um, Doing good. It's been a hectic week trying to keep our fingers on the video game pop culture pulse. It has been wild. It has indeed. So, um, listeners, anyone that hasn't been paying massively close attention to what's been going on around the uh, the internets and the video game world and, and just, I guess, the geek culture sphere, so mm. far we've had eight individual conferences or events running, uh, mixing in things like Netflix Geek Week with Summer Games Fest and then uh, breakaway conferences from major developers and or publishers. I think we've had about 300 or so different IP showcased, uh, primarily from from gaming and then obviously a smattering of, of television and film as well. So there's been uh, a lot of information throwing around the internets at the moment. We thought we'd uh, we'd try and bring the, the main things that you guys and gals need to know about in this uh, part one of our E3 2021 coverage. And we're going to going to sort of break down uh, the majority of those conferences, highlighting things that we thought were were the best. Maybe maybe like, you know, bring some attention to a few things we thought could have been done better, but we're not here to uh, railroad or shit can or poo-poo things unnecessarily. We're going to try and give everybody constructive criticism and mm-hmm. uh, just give you guys some honest opinions and sort of shooting from the hip as far as what we've seen, heard, digested over the last few days. Um I am very tired. I've been awake since uh, 5 in the a.m. this morning. And stupidly, I didn't go to bed till about quarter to three because I was up reading um, after my uh, NFL fantasy rookie draft happened last night as well. So uh, I am running on hopes, prayers and black coffee at the moment. But I'm I'm feeling good. Gearbox, even though they tried their best to uh, crush my spirit and deflate me with the last presser (laughs) that we've just watched, I'm still feeling positive overall from the last couple of days. But uh, Miss Hart, what do you reckon? Should we just uh, jump on in, rip this uh, E3 Band-Aid off and see what wound is underneath? Let's go. Let's see that soggy, soggy wound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wet Band-Aid after a shower. Uh, Yeah. You get that sort of semi-translucent-y scab. (laughs) It's now liquefied. Anyway, we don't want our people no bringing up their lunch or breakfast. E3. Yeah. yeah. Semi-translucent wet scabs. E3 2021. Okay. <laughs> so I guess we could start things off with um, the, the biggest the biggest sort of showcase so far. I think we could probably agree on, yeah, with, with Summer yeah. Games Fest. Mm-hmm. We, we, got a, we got about two dozen or so games 
as a whole. We had Jeff Keeley up there doing his thing, proud as punch. He's he's <laughs> one of the uh, the nicest and probably happiest people in the games uh, the games media uh, kicking around, uh, yeah. you know. And and he and he certainly um you know made made lemonade out of lemons after things with E three no longer continuing That's with Keeley in a formal capacity. So we went, you know what, middle fingers to you at E three. Do my own yeah. thing, and that's where Summer Game Fest came in. And I think he thinks he executed well for the most part. Would you say? Yeah, like I actually have a lot of respect for him. Like I know because he actually puts himself front and center, and he's you know foot forward on a lot of these things now that he usually is a target for a lot of jokes and a lot of uh, mean comments uh, his way. But I do honestly have a lot of respect for what he has done for gaming and elevating it in a platform, especially, like you said, taking over what, uh, you know, Shadow E3 left. And I think he's done well between the Game Awards and every other live-streamed event. Um, I love what he's done with the set, just that whole, like, um, like Star Wars, like that's how this, the series kind of does that whole immersive, like, surround like environment panel how he's mm-hmm. kind of incorporated that but now the ground was also incorporated too i think it looks very cool very stylish and um they just have to figure out the dead air thing there's there's moments of dead air that need to be kind of cleaned up but apart from that i think i think it goes well i think i prefer it yeah that the set the the summer games fest set was very polished like mm. uh i think i think you nailed it like they've got this sort of edgeless just immersion that's going on where keely is these sets are becoming part of the pitch and he's he's in this world and yeah it's coming from the ground and the walls and the ceiling and i look really slick and um you know he's a seasoned professional like he he can he can present and lead a show really well he's he's got good personality and he's he's not too uh you know he's not too loud not too dickish he's, he's got the right amount of uh you know quite confidence i think that he instills in yes. uh, in his in his uh, delivery, and and you can see that he, he loves what he's doing and he's passionate. Like this is his baby, and you can see whether it be from his his tweets leading up and during and after, or uh, when you're seeing him live on stage there, or pre-recorded and, and uh, sh- streamed on stage. However they however they went about it, um, I think overall it was pretty good. There was there was about yeah two dozen or so. Uh, games primarily highlighted uh, some with bigger bigger caliber than others there was a mixture of big triple a's some indies uh we got some some unique interactions with a few celebrities and uh uh, you know we were were able to sort of cross off a couple of our uh, e3 predictions (laughs) already in in this first uh, showcase alone but um I think my my general feeling before maybe we jump into some of the the highlights or lowlights or just anything I wanted to mention on summer games is my overall feeling was like it was you know we use this metric a lot it was fine it was fine it was fine it was fine like um, no uh, discredit to any game or title that was shown um, throughout this presentation this whole event this stream for the most part it seemed like you know they got they got a good chunk of stuff through there there was a few questionable things that were kind of shown or talked about and I was like was that necessary but um for the most part um in contrast to a few things that we have seen now um it was a good event it was good Mm. yeah um a couple of things that note sort of early in the piece they uh they they showcase tiny tina's wonderlands so Mm -hmm. the the borderlands spin-off coming in 2022 from from gearbox and 2k 
Uh, I like that they're going this sort of high fantasy route, so it's going to have some of the the looter-shooter mechanics of Borderlands games of yesteryear, but with a, a magical fantasy spin on it. So I think that could be fun, you know, fighting fighting dragons and, and stuff like mm. that with a, with a group of fellow companions. I think that could be cool. Like, you know, I think probably had similar vibes with Borderlands 3 where it's kind of like, eh, you know, I'm not feeling this anymore. This formula's gotten a little bit stale. So maybe this little reinvention could be a nice way to, to pull me back in. What about yeah, you? You in on, on Wonderlands? They address that that it, this isn't like Borderlands. They said it's mm-hmm. its own thing. It's kind of standing on its own legs. Um, I see the D&D element that they've attached to it, um, this little kind of D&D style where they've ex- actually explained that um, Tina's um, – like attachment to it is she's they used a term that i kind of missed but it sounded like like a dungeon master like she's the one that's delegating the adventure at the end of the trailer and stuff exactly so um the main thing that actually got me was the cast the um voice actors that were in it um like that would that could draw me in although they could be also just getting them involved um just to have names attached so Mm. um but for the most part, I'm like I'm on the fence. I I could give or take this title, so yeah, it certainly piqued my before. interest. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't get a ton of gameplay. They showed a little bit in this uh, in this sort of couple of minute reel with the introduction to the game and some more tiny Tina mannerisms and and you know that same Borderlands cell shading that we we've grown very yeah. accustomed to over the years. But it looked cool and the potentials there and and mixing in the the hysteria that is D&D with, uh, I guess, the the global love with a franchise like Borderlands, like it's smart. It makes sense. and um, It's an interesting angle. Yeah, so so hopefully they execute it because I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, uh, I'm interested. I'll give this a, give a, this a look next year when it, when it drops, you know, touch wood uh, <laughs> with all these dates and, and COVID and everything else putting things in a constant state of flux. Um, something that surprised me, we, we got a little bit of metal slug love they've uh they've reimagined this classic from from the 80s and 90s into a tactics game like i'm not a big tactics guy but i thought the juxtaposition between tactics and then that that old sort of um you know lower lower fidelity graphic really contrasted really well it looked kind of cool i thought it was quirky and they had the original voiceover guy yelling out the names of the characters you can play as and stuff so i, I thought it was just a nice 80s throwback it just had some real 80s action vibes which i was digging my husband got so i didn't know what it was and my husband was like so excited he was like telling me about like the original games and like the little like mentions on who you were fighting and everything and he's excited for it especially that it's tactics as well so i knew nothing about this title so you never you never played a metal slug in the arcades i don't think i did no nothing seemed familiar about it yeah, I didn't see uh, any rescuing of POWs that was was pretty constant in the uh, old old versions of the games, the old side scroller shooters where you could play. I think I can't remember if it was two or four players supported back in the day, but just running around those uh, those jungles and whatever else and, and killing bad army people to uh, to save your prisoners of war was uh, was a sight to behold. Now we get it in tactics world again. Yeah. Uh, Miss Hart, what about you? Did you uh, you got any anything you wanted to highlight? We can maybe just um you know juggle a few back and forth as far as ones we wanted to reference from Games Fest, high points or low points. Uh yeah, uh, Solar Ash. Uh, this isn't the first time we've seen it, or I've brought up my interest 
into it, but it's always good to see it um, amongst titles because I definitely think it stands on its own legs. Um, we got to see, I feel like we got to see a little bit more uh, gameplay wise as well as um, just music and the overall um, aesthetic as well. Um, I still need to play Hyperlight, <laughs> so um, maybe I should really get on that before this one comes out. But yeah, Solar Ash always like gets my attention. Yeah, the, the color palette and the art style is like right in our respective wheelhouse. Yes. It's got <laughs> yeah. that 80 synth wave neon. And and watching the, the gameplay that they showcased, I was getting like Shadow of the Colossus vibes where yeah. you're this little 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 character and you've got to traverse these big giant creatures and, and you're jumping up and, and sort of uh, pulling yourself to weak points and sliding around here and there to take down this big flying dragony beasty thing it had a real cool vibe to it and i'm like oh yeah okay this is uh this is on my watch list that's for sure yeah like it's it's not my t typical style of game but it's just way too um pretty to kind of give up mm. yeah what what else uh what else piqued your interest uh on uh summer game fest i mean uh two, the team that did two point hospital uh have now come out with two point campus and this looks so stupid i love it I love the zaniness of this uh, game. So never went to university. So this should be a, a good <laughs> good experience to see like what I missed out on maybe. Uh, <laughs> like night school is like seems to be one of the things that you can do there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that one was pretty cool. I don't know. Like I love this, I love those kind of games. So it looked really great. Like I had a ton of fun playing Two Point Hospital, and, and it looks just more of the same. Just obviously mm -hmm. a different different theme now, going from a hospital to a uni, and um, it looks fun. And I'll certainly be playing this, uh, especially if it, it ports onto the Switch again, like they did with Two Point Hospital. It's it's a perfect little game to play on the go or laying down in bed or whatever, and just uh, you know building up this campus and seeing what kind of chaos will ensue. I wonder if there are going to be like any streakers running through the, the quad or something like that that you've got yeah. to deal with. Who knows? This person in a clown outfit that always kept on appearing. Yeah. Um, the other game that kind of grabbed my attention was um, Planet of Lana. I hope I said mm -hmm. that right. Um, the style for that one, I believe they actually said that that one was maybe, like I think they said it was like hand-painted or it was like there was like an element of like um, – like that they, they they drew it like there's art elements that were actually hand drawn or hand hand created to add to it and um i mean it it looks like a kind of like a platformer puzzle that we're pretty like familiar with now but like i got these like almost like um like studio ghibli kind of look to it like mm. the the trees and the um the background so i don't know it 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 it, it was the only other one that kind of made me kind of pay attention <laughs> it was really pretty and the little little cat or um sooty creature that yeah. the, the main um protagonist had with them uh looked like you, you'd probably be feeling all the feels playing this game i reckon there's probably going to be some big emotional hooks that are going to make you feel happy and sad and everything else yeah in between. yeah i mean it reminded me of um cloverfield like how he's just minding his own business and then things are just like dropping like 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 spaceships like crashing into the earth so yeah 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 it looked very pretty though and yeah that sort of hand hand drawn or hand painted art style i love that in games it just yeah. stands out so much to to sort of more common common um graphics that are kicking around at the moment yeah. um 
this this one's a bit of a two-pronger. Uh, firstly, because it gave you a bit of a check mark on one of your predictions regarding the the celebrities uh, being a little bit awkward talking about video games. But it was, you know, we talked about this offline. It was self-imposed, it felt like, where Jeff Goldblum went full meta and was aware of how awkward oh, yeah. these things were and just lent into it. Yeah, he definitely realized, like, he kind of, like, just broke the illusion of professionalism and mentioning like the teleprompter and everything and just even joked about the world premiere terminology which seems to be a running joke now it was really great and and more jeff goldblum was never a bad thing no matter what he's doing you know he just he just steals the scene and he was there to announce that uh jurassic world evolution 2 is on its way to computer and also uh consoles which i'm excited for i'm a big jurassic world evolution fan and and getting a bit more of this where they're going to try and tie it into the the upcoming film that's coming out next year i think there's going to be a bit of a spin there where you know the world's moved on dinosaurs are living among us now and stuff like that and they're going to try and weave this into this this world builder so i'm I'm very excited to uh dive back in and we'll see if jeff goldblum's going to narrate uh jurassic world evolution 2 because he did do um one of the the campaign expansions you could do on evolution the first one Mm. so i wonder if he's going to lend his voice to it again which i hope will be the case i bet he will he's up for everything they're they're just good fun games um another one i highlighted i'm not a i'm not a tarkov guy Mm. and i've never played a game of tarkov but this um this trailer it it just felt like i was watching more serious call of duty i wrote (laughs) <laughs> looking at my notes i wrote kind of looks like a more serious PUBG call of duty <laughs> there you go <laughs> so there you go we we did not uh, compare notes before this so, we did uh, not no nah. yeah like it, it looked cool like and i know a few people that play this game religiously and it's yes. it's very punishing like i like i've seen like the game like because the original concept of the game is you're underground right like you're trying to get resources and yeah. defeat other people that you run into so I only have a small understanding of how this game plays, but I know that A, it's a punishment, and B, like the community, like the people that play this game, like, like they, they're really serious about it. So I'm interested to see now what this new content where you're like above ground, what that means for the community and if it changes things for them. Yeah, a, uh, a casual player's game, this is not, that's for no. sure. It's a very devout game that you need to be committed to because every move every bullet counts you die you lose all your progression all your gear all that kind of stuff it's it's very very punishing and um yeah a lot of people that play it uh big fans i i couldn't do it I, i'd probably cry or, or break something where you spend several <laughs> hours building up your character and, and finding resources and weapons and then you get sniped from across the map and all over red rover so uh but power to the ones that do you know, I know, um, you know, Pestily, who's a, who's a big streamer from over here in the AU, uh, has, has, uh, made his, uh, made his hay on the back of, of Tarkov and whatnot. So, um, yeah, probably, probably keeps a lot of the streamers and competitive players happy to see that they're, they're going a bit more of a suburban route this time with this expansion, which, which is coming. I can't remember if it was slated for this year or next year, but it's coming in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, we got we got some more gameplay for back of Back for Blood, mm-hmm. which is the uh, the Left for Dead spinoff done by Turtle Rock, who most recently did Evolve. Uh, so we're seeing more of that uh, four player 
squad first person shooter with countless hordes of zombies and uh, the various offshoots of the infected uh creatures coming at you looked yeah. fun looked cool looked frenetic more if you've played a left for dead game or you played evolve you'll know what this game's going to be about it looked cool though and um you know it'll be a game you'll enjoy in pockets i find with these types of games yeah that that's a good way of saying it yeah yeah um, another one that i wanted to highlight that i was interested in and uh it got showcased again in the the ubisoft uh, showcase this morning was tribes of midgard even though it looked kind of like a more isometric ripoff of um god now i'm valheim. having a mental black on valheim yeah i'm like yep you know it's it was that where's that spider-man meme that's all i kept thinking yeah. with it's pointing at each other we've got viking tribes uh you know out there pillaging plundering going back building up their settlements fighting bosses upgrading their armor upgrading their weapons just with a slightly more improved graphical fidelity and the camera going from third person over the shoulder to that isometric uh diablo-esque style camera yeah. shot mm -hmm. it's coming out later this year it's surprising because it's a, a PC and PlayStation exclusive, this one. So it's not on the Xbox at the moment. So uh, it's dropping on PS4, PS5, and on Steam. Steam. Um, so that one there. And then the other one I wanted to highlight before maybe we just go scattershot on some of the other ones and just uh, bring mention to them. Uh, Evil Dead, the game, got a bit of love. Yes, a bit of love. A, well, a, a lot of love, lot I guess, love. yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so. So we had, uh, we had Bruce Campbell... Uh, Ash Williams, as otherwise known as, uh, doing the voiceover for for this trailer. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of gameplay uh, as yeah. far as um, you know, squad-based survival again, like akin to, say, a, uh, a Dead by Daylight, you could say. Yeah, I wrote, uh, is, this, is this like Friday the 13th? Yeah. 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 So, and I love that they've brought in characters from the entire Evil Dead universe. So you can play as Ash, you can play as Eric the Red, you can play as people from like the first movies, you can play as people from um, Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV spinoff, you can play as people from Army of Darkness, or you can take over and play as the Deadite. So you can play as one of four, I guess, hero characters, or you could play as the big bad and try and kill said hero characters in this uh in this game so it looks fun uh similar probably thought process with back for blood where it'd be good just in in little spurts playing with some friends jump in have a few rounds jump out it's not going to be probably a an everyday type of game for some no others yeah. maybe though i don't know good uh good like multiplayer like mess around you'll probably see it on twitch streams a lot um those kind of titles that play like that are usually quite popular yeah. Um, I also want to point out, and I don't, I don't know why I had to point this out, but to me, the game actually looks surprisingly good graphically. Like we got an example of like gameplay and I'm like, actually, this is actually pretty good. I even paid attention to like hair mechanics and I'm like, it's actually not bad. They've actually done really well with it. It doesn't yeah. look like janky. Yeah. It doesn't look like a, like a double A type of release. It looks like they've thrown some money and, and a lot of hours into nailing the likenesses of the characters. Yeah. And as you said, the, the, the hair and just the atmosphere, like seeing them running around out near the cabin and just the, the constant uh, fog lingering around yeah. and like the tall cornfields and the eerie trees. Anyone that's watched an Evil Dead movie knows what some of those trees can do. So uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's going to happen in the game itself, but uh, 
Characters look good tonally. I think it nails Evil Dead. It, it, it combines the, the right amount of gore with that same little bit of, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek like comedy is, yeah. that you get. Yeah. So I'm keen. I'm keen for a bit of Evil Dead. Uh, outside of that, we got uh, a ton of other games. Uh, we got some announcements for stuff like Among Us. Yep, cool. Not for me. Not gonna not gonna poo-poo it any further than that. We got uh, season four of Warzone announced uh, with with some offshoots yeah. going on there. Uh, there was a Stranger Things uh, Smite crossover. I wrote, is Smite still a thing? <laughs> Apparently so. I honestly like haven't heard about Smite for such a long time. I I truly believe that like it was done and dusted. Yeah, so they've got an upside down level and also the options to play as like Hopper and a couple of the other characters. The models Smite, look good, is, though. Yeah, they look they realistic. Look, they, look, they look pretty good, pretty detailed. I liked yeah. Smite, to be honest. Like, I know everyone tried to rope me into League of Legends, but I think I still would play Smite. <laughs> I I've never played it. a game of Smite. It's yeah. always interested me, but I've just never played a game. I just, Not even one round. I, th- I think it plays better. I enjoy it more. Maybe it's mm. more simpler. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Why? Simplicity is good, though. It does. Uh, Don't make me think. Some other weird ones. Fast and the Furious cars return to Rocket League. Yeah, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, uh, the Overwatch 2 showcase to me was just weird as Why? hell. Why? Yeah, I, I wrote, okay. <laughs> like, I wrote Overwatch 2. Okay. Um, yeah, like, highlighted two characters <laughs> and the graphical enhancements where they're like, oh, if you if you look closely, you can see all the the chips and circuitry processing on, on this new character's outfit and it's isometric. It's like, yeah, cool, man. I... I want to pitch something to you because um, I know that you like the Dark Pictures, um, like, anthology. Anthology, yeah. yeah like, um, they showed us their newest one, which is called House of Ashes. Um, the concept is very interesting. Like, I feel like they're really – like, they're, op- they're keeping themselves open into, like, just scenarios of horror, which I respect. Um, but the whole, like, soldiers in, like, what appears to be, like, maybe the Middle East mm-hmm. and then stumbling upon a tomb that's, like, buried underground. Um, for the most part, that doesn't really scare me. But um, I'm genuinely surprised. They they showed the monster. Don't, yeah, don't you I, feel like I thought that, it was a bit strange. Yeah. Unless there's, like, another hidden monster or something like that. But I kind of, like, I'm like, why would you show us the monster? Like, I feel like the way this game runs, it, like they're going to be depending on what lurks in the shadows. But if you know what it looks like, doesn't that ru- kind of ruin it? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, and, and I'm thinking maybe this is like sort of always like a, a like a minion type of monster. Like there's probably going to be an overarching, maybe big bad, and these could be like the underlings, I hope. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah, you don't want the big reveal given away in a, in a trailer that was like, the trailer looked interesting. And I love, 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 love what Supermassive do. And I'm excited to play House of Ashes, but... Yeah, if, if they played their, their cards fully in that trailer alone, you can, when the game comes out, you're kind of like, man, you know, where's where's the surprise? Because it was all about that what's around the corner paranoia because one wrong move kills the character you control and, and reshapes the game itself. So you don't want it all given away in one damn trailer. Yeah, like, I mean, with Until Dawn, I like the mystery of the Wendigo, like... Like when I, I I thought the shock value of when we finally got to see them was incredible, and I think mm-hmm. it added to the horror element of it. So I don't know. Like I, that that's just my personal opinion, um, because it's really hard to scare me when it comes to like horror. Um, but I just thought that was a weird choice. So hopefully they prove yeah. me wrong. 
Me too. I'm hoping I'm hoping we're both off the mark on that. And there's, yeah, there's maybe, a lot yeah. more to it. That was just like a little grunt uh, demon creature thing that we got to highlight mm. to. Uh, we got a near automata crossover with four guys, which uh, took me by surprise. I kind of like it. Like she's she's just like this little chubby goth girl on the, <laughs> on, the on the beautiful, colorful stage of colorful characters, and now now I know everyone can experience what my life was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Pasty white girl wearing black and a That's sea so of great. color. It's so great. Uh, and we've got a smattering of other releases. Anything you wanted to highlight maybe before we, we pivot and jump on to, we could say maybe our overall feelings, like do you think it, it missed the mark? Do you think it landed? Stuff like that. But, um, yeah, what's what's your what's your thoughts on anything else that they that uh, Jeff and co highlighted during this presser? Um, I, I don't know. I, like, I just want to shout out Deviation Games who um, had a whole segment about announcing that they exist. And that they've partnered with PlayStation. That's all they had. Um, they didn't have a game or a concept or anything to show. But there were two, like, I'm pretty certain both of them were British. And the jargon, like, the slang was coming out. Um, terminology of, like, soup to nuts. Um, I, I was I was cracking up laughing because, like, I, I understood it. But I, I could just imagine the mass American audience going, what is he saying? <laughs> It was a weird announcement. It was one of those announcement non-announcements, wasn't it? Where yeah. it's like, "Hey, we're a studio. We're partnering up. We'll see you later." Like, but, but yeah, it was the, even the weird mannerisms were great. Because I know Jeff's just trying to be like, like, um, like a host and off the cuff and ask questions. But then I'm pretty certain he said, "So, do you have anything for us?" And they kind of had to say, "No." <laughs> Look, sorry. At least they're honest. They didn't yeah. try and make like a escape for thing where they're like we got a game coming out it's about skateboarding see you later yeah. <laughs> bye-bye never hear from us again yeah um, yeah but apart from that um uh <laughs> the far cry 6 um interview was <laughs> uh, it was incredible now i know my little prediction was awkwardness um from an actor but i just want to say that this like, awkwardness kind of more came from jeff Keeley kind of running the interview i mm. feel like he just wasn't invested in in it as much as um you know gina carlo. no no gina carlo like oh no no jeff was invested when he yeah, was interviewing I mean. the, the contrast where he's like yeah. oh, uh you know kojima san i love you so much i love you so much but has, then yeah Giancarlo got none of that yeah he has this incredible actor who actually seems really passionate and he's giving his all into this villain and this character and he's done the legwork and he's like really passionate talking about it. He's excited about the questions that he's getting asked. By the way, has a, uh, a exercise bike, a Peloton in the background. So shout out to staying healthy while uh, locked indoors. Um, he looks good, old Giancarlo. He, he does. Um, but I just got kind of angry because I loved how much he was, he was giving such a good interview but like he was getting some flatness on the other side, so. Um, but I wanted to just—I wrote down what a great guy. Like he's. Yeah, I'm. I'm with awesome. you. Like he—he's fully living the El Presidente character, and like when Keely opened up about, oh, how's it? How is it playing a, a, another bad guy? And he's like, hey, no, he's not a bad guy here. He's doing what he can for his people, and you know, he fully knew of this character and backed him and, and believes in his methods and his motives and, and whatnot. And I thought it was great. Um, 
But yeah, Giancarlo is just a dude, and seeing him seeing him fully embrace El Presidente, it it gives me much excitement for when this game comes out later this year and and to play Far Cry Six, and we'll we'll talk more about that with what they showcased in Yubi yeah. a bit later. But it was just yeah, it was this weird contrast compared to Hideo Kojima, and I, and I know I made a bit of a bonus. Uh, prediction bit of a tongue-in-cheek piss take where they i said they were going to announce his new game and people were going to talk about like it's amazing and yeah for one the the awe that jeff Keeley was in talking to hideo about things like fucking 9-11 for god's sakes oh my god twice hideo brought it up twice and like you could tell that jeff wanted to kind of go into it with a like a you know like tell us about what you have been up to like I'm your friend I'm getting the exclusive but Hideo was just like shit's yeah. rough man like <laughs> that's the best <laughs> like, way to describe fuck. it and then like he brought up 9-11 once and uh, like I, I was on the like couch with my husband I'm like what why why is he talking about and then he brought it up again and I'm like What's going on? Please don't make a game about 9-11. Um, so it was weird. It was a really weird way to kind of... Because it was at the start, really. It was at the start of the showcase. So I'm like, oh my goodness. It was very strange. Um, very strange. Yeah. I th- I just think it's like this whole... It's a, it's, It feels... I think... Like, I know I said I don't want to like talk negative, but it's kind of... It always just feels like this really awkward... like. Like, it seems like he wants it to appear as friendship, but more just always comes across as really fanboying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a really awkward tone to kind of start off a big event. But you know what? He, he idolizes the guy. The guy means a lot to Jeff. So if this is the times where he gets to, you know, glorify having a chat with him, then go for it. Yeah, Why not? And, and it was quite the chat. Yeah. 9 11, COVID quite discussions, very dry delivery from Hideo as as one would always expect and then he's like oh I'm here to announce mm. and I was like oh, is the new game he's like no Death Stranding director's cut and I'm like uh mm-hmm. and then the trailer that's meant to hype and sell this game to the masses is Norman Reedus looking at a fucking big cardboard box jumping in it jumping out of it and that was it I'm like what in the world is going on here what is this and then I'm like well it's Kojima yep. okay fair enough I'm not surprised yeah, like, that must have really pissed off, like, Metal Gear fans, though, because, like, even, like, when he kind of walked in and he was in that establishment and you saw how the guards were, mm-hmm. like, walking around, like, in typical, like, Metal Gear style, I'm like, oh, no, he's either, he's either like, going to create a side mission where you're going to have to do that or he's just teasing yeah. it. I, I also... <laughs> I wrote here. I wrote here. You, you can't copyright a box, bitches. Um, Hideo. Yeah, it's Hideo just giving, um, yeah, Konami just the big middle fingers, you know? Yeah, essentially. So, yeah, we've got Death Stranding Directors Cut coming out later this year. There, there's some people out there that's pretty excited for it, I guess. It, it didn't move the needle for me. Like, I've had my, my time with Death Stranding. It was what it was. I'm happy to move on and wait for, for the next uh, Kojima game. So at mm. time of recording today, we are still halfway through E3, but I doubt we're going to get Kojima's next game. I think that was the big reveal. De- Director's Cut Death Stranding was it. That was definitely And some 9-11 yeah. hysteria. Actually, speaking of, 
oh my goodness. Um, actually, speaking of big reveals, I th- think because of other people, we should speak about mm-hmm. Elden Ring because mm-hmm. that was a major thing. Unfortunately for me, not my kind of game. Um, I wrote it looks old. Um, I was um, kind of surprised by the quality of the game, like how it looked. To me, it lo- looked a bit graphically off. Um, I don't know how how long has this game been in development? Like a few years. It got now? announced. I'm pretty sure by memory, it got announced in 2019, and then nothing for like until now. Like it was like there was people saying this game doesn't exist. It's never going to happen. George R R Martin's involved, oh, so we're I never going to get it. Just like the final book in Game of Thrones type of thing. So I see, but maybe that's why. Maybe because this game has been in development for some time it's kind of hard to like kind of bring it up to a level that maybe I'm, I'm I'm suddenly coming to expect with game titles, especially major ones that people are excited for. But um, yeah, not for me, but I'm happy for everyone who has been holding out. Yeah. Like you can see, you can see from software's DNA all through this thing. It looks like dark souls 70 or whatever. And then it's just written by George (laughs) RR Martin. Like, the, the character models look similar. They've still got a, a varied assortment of nightmare creatures that you come across in these from software games. Medieval flavor mm. with fantasy and horror. It's the tried and true and tested formula that from software have been rolling out for several years now. And to much success, like people love this this style of game. It's not for me and I don't think it's for you either. Like these, these styles, they're too punishing yeah. and too stressful for Way me. Too. But... It's 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 a real thing, and the craziest thing is they gave us a fixed date. They didn't even just say 2022. They said it was January 21, 2022. So they've committed to an actual date that this game's allegedly going to come out. Touching wood. A lot of people are suggesting that the date isn't going to be legit, like it is going to mix out. But I feel like in this day and age now, and also from watching other developed like studios presently, um, they you can't promise a date. So either they've given a date because they are 100% certain or they just did not pay attention to the backlash from people. I guess they had to give mm. a date, didn't they? Yeah, but it was big and mm. it, it was a big get from Keeley to, to showcase this as the closer for Games Fest. There is a lot of uh, rumor milling going on that Games Fest paid up more to showcase this. This was apparently on the uh, the Microsoft docket for a while, but apparently Games Fest paid up more to have the uh, the rights to to Exclusive. announce this this world premiere. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad. Like um, like I I know a lot of people kind of like gave it away just before the um before the announcement because apparently there was an unlisted YouTube video attached to the Elden Ring, uh, YouTube channel or something like that. So, but. Either way, people, it was apparently the best way to end the show. Um, but um, you've actually been able to mark off the music performance. Yes, yes. Off off this one event, pretty much wholly and solely. Well, like, yeah. uh, we had some interesting <laughs> ones. Just had we you had, um, we had live music. Uh, in the pre-show, we had We Are OFK play a track. Uh, we had Japanese Breakfast, which looks like she's a uh, solo artist playing some some um some sort of uh indie indie rock synthy stuff i didn't mind it uh we had sonic orchestra play so we had an orchestra do a segment uh juxtaposed 
with the game. And then we had uh, Weezer mm-hmm. <laughs> playing in parallel with this uh, this interesting um, wave game, wave break. Yeah. Um, they didn't seem like they wanted no, to be there. No, old Rivers. Um, uh, Rivers with the long hair and the moustache these days uh, look like every bit the sex pest, but uh, they still were tied on stage. Yeah. They sounded good. Did they? Do you thought they yeah, did? Yeah, I like Weezer. I thought... I looked the the thing was is that that this was a great wait this was a great way a great way for a game to obviously push their title by having a recognizable band like literally having the performance but the game had this really cool like Miami Vice kind of 80s retro wave look to it and the song that Weezer did for it was boring and yeah. like it was very, very Weezer slow. like I like Weezer but if you've listened to one of their albums, you've listened to all of their albums just about. Like, they haven't really changed up their formula too much over the years. Like, they have a little bit here and there on the occasional track, but it's it's a similar secret source that they pour in all their albums, which isn't bad. Like, yeah. I like Weezer, but I think you know what you're going to get with every album release. I guess so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, 80s, yeah. 80s um Miami Vice, Wave Race 64 is sort of what you sort of compare this thing to when now. Yeah, yeah they sh- should have had like other, like the like bands that we've kind of gotten into recently, like um like the Midnight and yeah. um and you know they'd do it. So- they'd, they'd be down oh, to yeah, play. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. So, but oh well, choices were made. Yeah, choices were made, and uh, yeah, it helped helped uh, execute a, a positive check mark on my predictions there on that one. Yes. Hopefully, there's much more awkward musical performances and uh, celebrity interactions to come over the next few days. So if we yeah, we jump ahead and do a little up. bit of a, a shotgun approach for Netflix's Geeked Week, which has been running the yeah. last couple of days. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of mention the the headlines and then maybe if we want to jump into a few here or there individually, we can. So um, Witcher 2, see, uh, The Witcher Season 2 was showcased with a, about a 20-second teaser. And on the back of that, they also announced WitcherCon for July 9th, which is uh, a partnership between Netflix and City Project Red. So there's going to be a lot more happening in about, what, four weeks' time. Uh, we got a Castlevania spin-off announced. Uh, the Splinter Cell animated series uh, got an update. Adi Shanker's Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. So we're getting a Far Cry offshoot animated show coming to Netflix, uh, which looks so cool. And Adi Shankar, he's also uh, handling the Devil May Cry animated series for Netflix as well. Oh, okay. Uh, we got our first look at the Cuphead animated series, which looks so fucking cool and wayne brady so as uh king dice the main villain i'm, I'm in i'm Best buying choice. whatever they're selling yeah sign me the fuck up uh we also got um an announcement uh regarding the cast for the live action resident evil series uh i just wanted to say one thing and, and lance reddick is going to be playing albert wesker so the caucasian <laughs> eternal bad guy from resident evil the dude with the the blonde like military crew cut hair and the glasses lance reddick is playing him and i'm all for this um arcane league of legends got um another uh trailer showcase uh and then we also got uh the he-man masters of the universe revelation update where they announced the the cast when we had people such as lena Headey, chris wood sarah michelle geller and mark hamill on board with he-man masters of the universe revelation so uh miss hart 
What do you want to throw around as far as deeper dives on any of this stuff? Uh, first of all, um, I never watched He-Man. Uh, I want to watch He-Man. Like, it's this, so good. Like, I honestly thought it was just going to be kind of like a fan service to young boys and what they kind of grew up with, but I, I'm on board. Um, having Kevin Smith attached to it, I think, has a adds a, the right amount of flavor to it. Um, and how does Mark Hamill get to be every great character yeah, of history? He's playing Skeletor. Like, like, and he does it so well. Like, he has a voice where you're like, oh, my God, that's Mark Hamill, but it's not like, oh, I'm confused. I'm thinking of the Joker right now. I'm like, no, no, I'm thinking of Skeletor. Yeah. Like, you know, so um, I'm really on board for that. So I was genuinely shocked that they um, kind of signed me up for that. Um, and yeah, obviously Cuphead. The art um, style is when they- so good, man. The art style looks so great. And I love like the, um, like the, even in that short blip, there looked like there was a bit of sinister, like sinister, like I guess it has to be mm. like bit a of foreboding little sinister going on nature in there. to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then the fact that they, they're like, oh, uh, you know, uh, Wayne Brady is going to be King Dice. I'm like, yes, of, of course. Like, why wouldn't that be the case? And it just seems like such a brilliant um, casting choice. So that made me absolutely ecstatic. So um, I, I just want to say the Resident Evil live action announcement. Did you watch it when it happened? It was weird. It was like a two or three shots of a photo shoot. And I think they, I don't even think they mentioned any of the other cast in that, in that little snippet. Yeah, it was, it was certainly anchored by Lance Reddick. Like a lot of the other cast, like I'm not familiar with their work. Like, um, from. But give them a shout. And, and it's weird too, <laughs> like, I- because this, um, live action series, it's allegedly set like three decades after the initial T virus outbreak. So somehow they've gone like. Oh. A, like a, a different timeline to what we're used to with Resident Evil and somehow Albert Wesker's, I don't know if it's going to be then shown through flashbacks and that's how Wesker's still around because, spoilers, he actually finally gets killed off in one of the Resident Evil games after many, many failed attempts. But I don't know how it's going to work and how they're, they're, they're sort of changing things up, but I like that uh, Lance Reddick is cut. Uh, we, we gush about him often. Uh, I'm such a fan of his work and and seeing him now play one of my favorite villains in one of my favorite franchises. I'm like, I got got lukewarm hopes. I don't have high, high hopes yet because they could bastardize this franchise something fierce, but with Reddick involved, I'm optimistic. Yeah, as a Titan main, you should be ecstatic. Yeah, God, my God, Zavala! <laughs> but yeah, there's there some cool announcements like um, the the WitcherCon coming up next month is interesting. We'll probably get a bit more of an extended trailer there. Uh, but yeah, they they only just gave us this little sprinkling at Geek Week because they're like, oh, by the way, there's an event next month now. We'll tell you more then. Uh, the cast getting a Castlevania spinoff is cool. So it's going to be set during the French Revolution and it's going to revolve around uh, Richter Belmont, which is the son of Trevor and Cipher. So. Uh, that's really cool that we're getting some uh, continuation from the four-season arc we got on Netflix because it is really good. Uh, the Splinter mm. Cell series, apparently each episode is going to stand alone. There's only, the only continuity in the characters you'll see is Sam Fisher going from episode to episode. They'll all be self-contained. So that's going to be fun to see what they do there. Uh, getting a Blood Dragon uh, animated show. I'm all for that. If we can get Michael Bane yes. back in this puppy as well, like uh, I'm, I'm down 
So down. So, so cool. Great. The, this, I, w- I remember when that released. And I was just like, this is bloody brilliant. Yeah. And um, yeah, that that's sort of a, a little bit of a bit of a compressed uh, recap on Geek yeah. Week. If we sort of jump forward yeah. to uh, Ubisoft, so uh, they had their press conference this morning uh, in in the early hours, and uh, we we got a bit of a smattering on a few things. I might just do similar to what we did, excuse me, with Netflix there, and then we can just jump back off some of the headlines. So we got a new Mario and Rabbids game. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, there was also uh, the Watch Dogs Legion uh, expansion or upcoming DLC called Bloodlines that was announced. Uh, we got a deeper look at Rainbow Six Extraction, which is now coming out in September of this year, which took me by surprise. Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier in this episode uh, with Rocksmith getting announced. So we got Rocksmith Plus, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. funky. And we might talk about that in a sec. Uh, Riders Republic. Uh, got a got a bit of coverage. I think it was about four to five minutes worth of airtime on this, and I was actually like, yeah. "I'm like, okay, I'm interested." I'm a little on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they may have got yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, we got some Rainbow Six Siege updates where there's cross-play and cross pro- uh, uh, cross progression, as well as a new operator called Thunderbird. Uh, we got a brief sizzle reel of updates on existing games, namely focused on the Tom Clancy world. Uh, they did mention about they've got big plans for the 20th anniversary of Ghost Recon, but that was it. I thought, now's the time. You've got the global stage to tell tell us about these plans. Do it now. No, I'll tell you another time. Whatever. Uh, Todrick Hall introduced <laughs> Just Dance 2022. Uh, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla team showcased the Siege of Paris as well as just talking about what they've got planned, where they've actually got uh, you know second-year content planned, which is a first for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, they they highlighted a bunch of TV and film projects. So they had a quick little cutaway to Mythic Quest. I love that show so much. And then also another trailer for The Werewolves Within, which I didn't mind tonally. I, I was I'm pretty in. I'm gonna watch it. I liked it. I liked the tongue and cheek nature about yeah, it. Yeah, when that I saw someone tweet and they were like, um, instead of calling it like like it's werewolves out, I think or lichens out, you know, playing on the knives out sort of concept with mm-hmm. with the film so if it's like that but with wolves I'm, I'm down uh we got another extended trailer on far cry 6 and then they also highlighted the far cry 6 season pass and i've got to say the show was closed and showcasing oh. <laughs> a new avatar game called avatar frontiers of pandora and i could care less about this game this was like graphically gorgeous there was no dialogue. There was no story. It was just this sizzle reel of here's Pandora and how pretty and vibrant. Here's this contrast with the the humans coming in to destroy Pandora. And I'm just like, I don't care. The Snowdrop engine looks nice, but I don't care. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Avatar, what? luckily enough. Like, hang on. Technically, I have because I worked in JB Hi-Fi when... <laughs> Um, so you saw it on the screen over time. Out. So I saw it on the screen. I have no basis of story, but I wrote on my notes here for this game. Uh, let me let me fuck those trees. <laughs> so um, yeah, <laughs> but for, yeah, I I have no interest in an Avatar game. And then I even asked my husband. I'm like, who asked for this? No one. Um, I like there must like because obviously um, this movie's coming out. Um, there's actually a lot of movies that they've got planned for this, uh, for Avatar. They've filmed the second and third movies allegedly back to back and they're going to come out year on year. But I don't know when yeah. James Cameron's just burning billions making these goddamn things. 
Yeah, well, I mean, and there's obviously big fans of Avatar, so this is going to be great for them. Like, they'll get to explore the world, and it's going to be, you know, graphically, like, beautiful. Like, I, like I'm sure the universe is really stunning, but just, a, a, like like I said, I worked at JB Hi-Fi when Avatar came out, and <laughs> I saw that shit every day of my life. <laughs> um, so I have, like, it's, it's not for me, but there's obviously a fan base that will love it. Yeah, but if we sort of jump back and maybe cherry pick a couple of mm. a couple of highlights from Yubi, um, the Bloodlines DLC from Watch Dogs looks cool because it's bringing in Aiden Pierce from from and and Wrench from prior uh, Watch Dogs franchises, bringing them all over to Old London Town and, and trying to find this rogue member of <laughs> rogue member member of DedSec. So I'm like, okay, cool. Comes out next month, so I don't have to wait too long on mm-hmm. that. Um, Rainbow Six Extraction. Similar to this Avatar game, I couldn't really give a crap about. I don't like. It's another one of yeah. these squad-based shooters, but now they're they're getting some sort of horror science fictiony elements in where you're fighting these infected creatures. I'm like, cool, man, but I don't care. I want to, but I don't. I just, for me personally, I feel like that kind of style of game has been done a lot. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Are they are they trying to? get new audiences because you do use existing um, Siege uh, characters. So I'm wondering if they're just trying to get more people into Siege through this way by appealing to this, appealing to them by this game model, or are they trying to just give their fan base more content by doing something different? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious what the angle Me was. Me too. And like they gave this game a lot of attention. It got a, big chunk of airtime during this uh, showcase and I thought they could have probably used that time in better areas. Like maybe give Mm. us an update on Beyond Good and Evil 2 which is like probably your biggest game you got working. Didn't even get a mention. We didn't see it. Didn't see it. (laughs) It's gone. It's it's like it's got the Elden Ring It's Elden Ring. That's a new term now, isn't it? Yeah. It's got the Elden yeah, Ring. It's got Elden Ring. sound good. But um, <laughs> what, what about you, Miss Harden? Any of these other ones you want to bring to the table, talk a little bit deeper on? I want to say how, as a plane flies over very loudly. Um, oh, two things, actually. Okay. Far Cry 6, we got to see um, some like in-game cinematic, like some story, some disposition. And going back, to uh, like Giancarlo and how like he how much of a great actor he is I was like he's giving this scene his all but the animation on his face is so like wooden. minimal yeah yeah and I'm like his voice is selling me this but then the actual model the character model was dumbing it down and I felt like that was such a shame because like like I said, like he's he's really into this role in this character, and it seems to be sad that that like maybe um, in game like it might be dulled down a little bit, um, which is a little bit sad. Uh, like if people rewatch it again, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being maybe I'm just being a little bit too much of a fangirl. I don't know. But like for me, I just kind of felt like it was it was a shame. No, I'm, I, I agree. I agree. Like you could see the emotion was getting expressed to a degree but yeah if, if we were looking at say a side by side where you're seeing Giancarlo do the mocap and then the, the finished product you could see some of the the wrinkles and the facial animations weren't quite as tight as you were hoping like yeah he still got the message or the emoting across but there was a little bit of a mixed compared to what I guess we're used to seeing on the real screen like it's, he still looked good like 
you could see it was him. There's no, there was no question yeah. marks. It's like, who is this guy that's using his voice? But no, you could see that Giancarlo. But yeah, some of yeah. the character models weren't expressing emotions to the depth you'd hope for with such a some powerful scene scenes going on yeah. in that in that trailer. Exactly. Um, but uh, I was forgiven when they announced the Far Cry Six season pass which showed some content where you get to play as three major villains from Far Cry and one of them being from Far Cry 3, which was Vast. Yeah. Um, I got so excited. Like, I saw him on the screen. I was like, <gasps> like, and there's like, you get to play as the villains. I'm like, <gasps> but I don't actually, we don't really know how much into it, like, like how, like, long this gameplay is or what this will be. Maybe it'll be a very, very short snippet. But you also get to play as Pagan Min um, and Joseph Seed. Um, I never, I didn't play Far Cry Five. It's good. So, I I, I don't really know much about Joseph. Um, he looks scary in some sense. Yeah, he's got that, that scary like, cult cult leader status, and, cult and he leader, kills a yeah. kills a person by ramming some kind of Bible into their mouth and like Inst- poof, like yeah. breaks their head open with it. Like a very visceral trailer, but it feels like. Feels like these these three baddies are waking up in like this nightmare dreamscape, and they've yeah, got to make their way like, through this weird, twisted parallel universe. Reality, yeah, yeah exactly. So like, either I don't care because I just want more Vass. Um, I thought yeah, I think he's one of the best like video game villains. Um, he's one of my favorites anyway. Yeah. So um, that definitely um, that like that made me happy. Loki. Um, I never played the Mario Rabbids game. But I love rabbits, so um, I love the trailer for this. The sassy princess rabbit, and now you got Rosalina mm-hmm. rabbit, and she's just she's she just can't be effed. She's like, Ugh, like, and she has some cute little pull cord star <laughs> weapon, and I just thought I thought that was cute. You're always gonna win me win me over with rabbits, yeah. so. Yeah, I found it surprising with Far Cry. I guess not now. I'm thinking about it out loud. Uh, with Far Cry Six, where they've included Far Cry Three Blood Dragon in the uh, expansion pass or the season pass, but now season that they've passing, got yeah. this Netflix animated series coming, they're like, okay, we're going to try and get pull through here with that. So it makes yeah, sense. polish it up maybe. But yeah, the a second Mario Plus Rabbits game took me by surprise. I thought that was going to be sort of like maybe a one and done type of collab effort but now that we're getting uh sparks of hope is interesting but yeah rosalina and bowser joining the roster and um yeah coming to the switch in 2022 so uh that was interesting but overall i think the ubisoft conference was fine okay there was no real like jaw drop announcements like I, i mentioned beyond good and evil 2 in passing but i'm like that was another perfect time to just show us a little slice. That was the opportunity. A little trailer, mm-hmm. a little bit of gameplay, a little update, something. But nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I, w- I would say that they probably, like, maybe Avatar was their, was their you know, their winning biscuit. But um, it's a stale for us, biscuit. unfortunately, yeah, it was a it's little. It's a soggy sayo, that one. Oh, no. Um, but um, overall, like, there were some things in there that definitely piqued my interest. Oh, um. I'm I'm not familiar with the Assassin's Creed discovery tours that they include in their games. Um, my husband actually brought it to my attention where it's an educational element where you get to um, get like educated about the universe that they've actually established these games in. So they're going to be adding the Viking um, 
kind of element into Valhalla. Um, apparently, the one in the Egyptian one was pretty good. It's so, so cool. You, you, yeah, you take control of just random NPCs and you, you go to certain areas on the map and it gives you real historical data about what yeah. happened there or the relevance of this person or the building. It's really cool because you, you play and you learn at the same time. I think it's a really smart thing that Ubisoft do with their oh, yeah, with I Assassin's think it's, Creed world. I, I think it's great. I just, I'm shocked I've never heard of it before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was probably another key thing that I got to take away from this event. Yeah, I'm excited to play Siege of Paris uh, when it comes out later this year. But um, another quick, quick mention I wanted to say, Rocksmith Plus was, I found that very surprising. Too. I thought it was cool where you can actually learn to play real guitar, whether it be acoustic or electric, and you you, you get real-time feedback through an app uh, that can connect to your phone or your computer. But how do you feel about paying a subscription? Yeah. I, do you know how much it was? I didn't manage to, no, to track down I the didn't, price. I don't recall catching actually how much the subscription price was. Um, I, I believe they're trying to sell it to you in the sense that you can do it through PC console mm-hmm. and phone. Um, so I, I can understand it and maybe the subscription, um, element is they, they maybe gauged it as being more beneficial to someone who is kind of like learning, kind of like, you know, like learning a language or anything like that. So, you know, some people will stay on board and want to learn more and maybe some people will drop off. So, yeah. And said subscription does not include an actual guitar. So you need to bring that as well. (laughs) Bring (laughs) BYOG. Yeah, but if this was say like ten bucks a month, you know, for something like that, like that's that'd be pretty cheap to in air quotes get guitar lessons or learn an instrument. Like I'd like yeah. to learn guitar and if this is a feasible way to do it, I'd give it a go. I gotta buy a yeah. guitar first. I gave my other one away and I don't know where it is, so I gotta buy a new guitar. But <laughs> the concept is cool. Yeah. Uh, like I, I'd, it'd be one of those things where I, yeah, you pay the initial, and if you see progress, then continue on. I yeah. guess. Yeah, and if you're not feeling that, go, uh, go get your hands on a copy of Riders Republic, and uh, whether you want to carve a snowtop yes. mountain, you want to ride a, a crazy mountain bike down a hill, you want to be flying around on like a in a glider, like in a wingsuit or whatever. Yeah. It looks bonkers, and it just blends all explain. these worlds together. I can't explain why I'm on board. Like, guys, um, I said to my husband that it feels like, you know how in GTA there's, like, a group lobby mm-hmm. and then you load up, like, a game? Like, you know, it's usually, like, a racing game or something like that. It feels like they've taken elements of that and that's why I think I'm on board with it because I usually enjoy that kind of chaos. Yeah, and the big races they were showcasing had 64 real players in it. So you versus 63 mm. other people <laughs> in, like, a downhill mountain bike or a snowboard, um, you know. Or an ice cream bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just some bizarre, like it mixed crazy extreme sports with then just even crazier outfit outfits and uh, machinery. But uh, yeah, I look fun. I got real like like I haven't played a snowboarding game in so long. And I think that's the part that got me the most. I'm like hell yeah, I'd love to go back I think and it's play the some mass snowboarding. Mo- yeah, the mass multiplayer element too. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Riders Republic, sneaky little uh, you know, positive positive uh, showcase here in the in the Ubisoft presser. So. If we mm. jump down, did you want to talk about some, like, I didn't catch much of the indie stuff, so I didn't yeah. get to see Wholesome Direct. I caught about 10 minutes of Guerrilla Collective, but I had to sort of pick and choose my battles to, to catch up on a few trailers. So I'm going to say I didn't have anything to add to the Guerrilla Collective, but uh, Wholesome Direct, Miss Hart, did you want to give us a quick play-by-play on that one? 
Yeah, like Wholesome Direct, we're not going to do what we did with the other ones as well because Wholesome Direct actually showcased 70 games. 70. 70. Seven zero. Seven zero. Um, yeah, seven zero seventy. So it's I love Wholesome Direct. Um, it's it's a great way to showcase those kind of easygoing comfort games that a lot of people. Um, it appeals to like a lot of people. You don't want to think too much. It's usually got like either like farming or like puzzle elements or just about um, feel good or like maybe even emotional connection. Um, so I do recommend, I'm not going to go through 70 games. I do recommend going back to watch it because there's definitely going to be at least one thing in there that mm. you're going to enjoy. Um, I'm going to point out there was a lot of consistency um, in certain type of games. There were quite a lot of farming games like a lot, like the like a lot of Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon kind of stylized games um, with their own unique little attachments. Um, there actually was one that was called Amber Isles. While I don't think it was completely um, farming, it was more like um, the main connection. This is why I bring it up is because instead of having like animal villages or anything like that, you actually had dinosaur villages. Oh, okay. So th- that, that, one, that one's for you. What's Brandon. this game called? I'm just going to write this down. It's called Amber Isle. Amber Isle. Okay, I am uh, <laughs> saving that into my search criteria. Yeah. So, and then the other connection that I saw was um, photography games. Like there were a lot of games where it was based around going around shooting, like photograph, taking photographs of things, and fo- like photography being the key element in the game like i think from what i can remember right now there was at least three titles where they incorporate taking photos there are ones that have very unique elements like there was one called beasts of marrowville island Mm -hmm. and it's it actually looked beautiful like it really like the environment looked really really beautiful so i guess if you were a fan of pokemon snap if you liked the photo element and being creative in the photography side of it, um, maybe look into these ones because it might actually scratch an inch. And then probably um, cost one quarter of the price compared to Snap on the Nintendo Switch. So you could get a lot true. more bang that's, for your buck. That's true, actually. Um, special mention to Skatebird getting another announcement. Um, they're still saying that they hope it's going to come out this year. Um, I also want to give mention to Spirit Swap, which is a puzzle game, but it actually has lo-fi music in it. Okay. So if you're one of those people that enjoys the lo-fi music um, channel, you might actually really, really enjoy that. Putting that on my um, list now too. Uh, there's another one which is called We Are We Are OFK, which you mentioned their performance. Yes. This is a game based on like you know essentially a group kind of coming together and it's like about story i believe they've actually mentioned it's episodic um but the style of the game looks beautiful and the music attached to it sounds really good as well um so i'd probably give that a look and i want to also mention i'm going to butcher this tasumachi behind the twilight gorgeous super beautiful game and the music also attached to that one as well was um really stunning um bear and breakfast i'm still waiting for that game um turns out there's actually a scary element to it there's like something haunting the woods nearby i thought it was just a happy game but turns out there's more to it there there's actually two games about cooking food in a pot okay um 
I got confused by oh, that. thought it was the same g- game and then realized uh, like, they were different. It realized that there was two, yeah, two indie games that are about making, um, you know, single pot soups. So um, there's also paparazzi, pa- paparazzi, which is taking photos of dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> you can get on board on that one. Um, there was a game that um, had a cartoony style called Rainbow Billy. The art style, well, I won't say it reminds me of Cuphead. It still seems like it's kind of aiming for that era. Mm-hmm. And it looked cool, just a cute little adventure game. But like I said, there's 70 titles in there, all different styles. There's card games, there's fishing games, there's pixelated adventure games. There's all different kinds of things. So I've only mentioned like a small handful of the ones that kind of grabbed my attention. But definitely go back yourselves and just watch through the wholesome direct. So... It, it sounds like if you've got a passion for it, it's going to be showcased there in Wholesome Direct. You're going to at least get yeah, one this- slice of something that's going to tide you over and make you feel happy. Exactly. It's great that they're getting showcased on this type of on this type of platform. I love that with like Guerrilla Collective and Wholesome Direct where a lot of these indies typically where it was just big triple A-a-thons at E3 of yesteryear, but now that we've gone digital and they need more time to fill, and uh, it's giving a broader platform for everybody. So I think it's awesome to see uh, yeah. some of these smaller games get, get the, the attention, the spotlight they deserve. Yeah, exactly, right. And like like 70 games. There's 70 games out there in the universe that may have not gotten the attention that they would have gotten on this large scale and being on the roster of, um, you know, big studios. Um, so seeing that these like smaller smaller studios getting that attention it can only lead to like more games more studios and more wonderful things for us to play so. exactly and um, a quick a quick little little snippet as well if you're looking for something to play right now the uh, the trigger witch demo is available on the Xbox oh, yes. store so it got a little bit of love in summer games fest during the uh, the idea at Xbox little showcase in there. and uh, yeah trigger witch uh, done by our friends at Rainbite and written by Australia's John Peck. Part of 8-Bit is available right now to download on the Xbox Store. I've downloaded it this morning, so I'm going to give that a play and report back um, on the next proper episode of THG because I'm excited to see what they've realized. It uh, looks so goddamn cool, and I love that they're getting a bit of, bit of showcase on that global stage as well. Definitely. So yeah. proud of those guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think another... Another little hub we're probably pretty proud of, especially yourself. You've got a very big soft spot for uh, Devolver Digital. So they did uh, their their annual E3 presser again. Uh, I'll just quickly rattle off some of the, the headlines regarding games and we can just start cherry pick some things we want to talk about in broader detail. So we got another Shadow Warrior 3 gameplay trailer. I'm only going to have one opinion on that. It looks like a cheap Doom. Uh, that trailer to me was cheap Doom. Like, it looked cool, and there was a lot of shit going on, but it felt a bit cheap. Have you played Shadow Warrior? I have. I like them. I like the games, but... But you're saying you're calling it cheap, though. Okay. I love it. I don't think I find it like Doom, though. That latest trailer felt that way because they've got the the grapple gun when they were, or the grappling hook to traverse like in Doom now or maybe Doom's a more expensive Shadow Warrior. I don't know which way you want to c- contrast it, but I'd, I'd say that I'd yeah. say Doom's more expensive. It still look cool and visceral and loud and angry and crazy creatures popping up everywhere and finishes and all that. But anyway, anyway, I don't I don't want to <laughs> rain on that prey too much. Uh, Trek to Yomi uh, got a trailer. Uh, also, Phantom Abyss got a bit of love there. Wizard with a Gun, 
was showcased and uh, I think it certainly lives up to its title from what we got shown there in the couple of minutes. Uh, Death's Door was uh, showcased in a bit more detail and it's coming out next month. So it's coming out on my birthday. It's coming out July the 20th, Death's Door. So I'm going to buy that for myself for my birthday. Uh, Inscription was a horror card game that got showcased. Uh, Tumble Time was a, a free puzzler coming to mobiles. And then uh, Demon Throttle Physical Only Edition is uh, available through Special Reserve Games. But from what I've seen, I think it's already sold out on Special Reserve really? Games. Really? Yeah. Damn. Miss Hart, what are, <sighs> what do you got on your notes list there regarding Devolver that we wanted to jump into in a little bit more detail? Okay, so uh, anyone that's ever watched a Devolver showcase, um, Devolver loves making a big performance of their showcase and the chances are there's always going to be devolver takes this opportunity to essentially make fun of the gaming industry and the gaming sphere um like the, the they always kind of recap the previous events they've only been doing this kind of style i think for four years now i think this might be the fourth or fifth year yep, yep. um that they've been doing this style so the joke this time around is that they were making fun of like game as a service game subscriptions um and they were just trying to do this whole selling point where um they instead of like they like they did this entire graphic for it but then they said that this subscription service is for free so you can purchase those games um and they were making fun of um nfts they said that they had they were going to sell a physical vhs copy of that presentation but there's only going to be one and it's going to be hang on i had to write down how she said it non fuckawithable tape and that was an nft joke That's so great that's so great. Little yeah. wordplay and non-fungible tokens for those playing yeah. at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, it, the whole presentation was funny. Um, always, like, having a laugh. Um, watch it. Pay attention to things in the background as well. There's usually a lot of weird things going on in the background to make you laugh. In regards to the things that they showed off, uh, obviously based on how protective I got, uh, Shadow Warrior 3. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I liked Shadow Warrior 2. Um, that one shocked me uh, when I first played it. Um, I, there was a thing where Devolver decided to make it free. It was like a spur of the moment thing a, few, a year or two back. And they're like, okay, it's free right now. Get it. And so I did and I played it and loved it. Um, Trek to y- Yomi. It looks um, so good. One of my favorites of all week. Everyone was like kind of like referring it to other games but it clearly looks like a straight like homage to um the old samurai movies yeah like the um, old kurosawa films <clears throat> yeah like like it's all in black and white there seemed to be like the kind of film grain effect within there as well um it just looked beautiful it, it looked really really, did. really nice it really did I'm, I'm keen on that one that was one that i wrote down where i'm like yep keep my eyes and pay attention to trek to yomi because it looks awesome it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, inscription was weird. Like my like kind, my you're kind of weird too because I'm I'm in on yeah. inscription. Because at first I'm like, oh, card game, but then like the person you're going against is like changing their face, and then you've got to go and do puzzles, and then it cut to like real life video of someone like burying something or something like that and i was just like what is going on and i'm like oh my god this reminds me of that weird stuff that i used to find like on weird like get demo discs and stuff mm-hmm. so now i'm on board so yeah and with 
Wizard with Guns also piqued my interest too. It was it was a long trailer, the Wizard with the Gun. Like um, like there was, I guess, a bit of bit of storytelling there, and then it actually cut mm-hmm. to the game itself and showed how it would play, and you can play it with with uh with fellow wizards with guns and, and yes. go around this world and, and build it out. Uh, it said it was it had some survival elements, so I'm guessing you might be making like and building up a bit of a, a, an a encampment. Base or something. Yeah. Yeah. Looked interesting, but yeah, Inscription, uh, it was also one of the ones across the, the last few days where I'm like, damn, I'm in. Like the art style was awesome. Mm-hmm. The horror elements that they were just like, yeah, people changing their faces and like the really dimly lit rooms as you're playing this card game and these evil glowing eyes looking back at you from the person you're playing against and mm-hmm. mixing in these other mediums. I'm like, yeah, fucking, I'm down for this. I am all in for this. Let's go. So, uh yeah, Devolver bringing out the bringing out the goodness and the quirkiness and the weirdness. I am um, I'm all for it. And uh, yeah, Death's Door coming out on July twenty. So uh, anyone that's got Death's Door uh, shortlisted as a game they want to pick up next month, maybe maybe uh, do so as an indirect birthday present to myself. You buy this game and enjoy it, and we can enjoy it together because I'm going to get it on my birthday too. <laughs> enjoy it together. Yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, Devolver just doing great things. Yeah, 2017 was their first uh, presser because I was at I was at that E3 and they had their their booth out in the car park, uh, just like two 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 doors so down from Hooters, cool. and uh, they were giving away like commemorative dildos. So uh, never change, Devolver. Never change. We love what you do, and uh, you're a bright spot amongst uh, amongst the development and uh, publishing worlds out there. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and then um. The last press conference that that aired this morning uh, was phew, like I love the description you wrote. Like, so we're talking about Gearbox here, and your description for this press conference was fart sound. And uh, you didn't watch this one, but you, I guess, saw the discourse <laughs> on on the internet during and after. Yeah, like my whole thought process where I'm like, okay, well, they've already announced one major title. Like, I'd, I, and I, like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't very interested in um, Tiny Tina's um, Wonderland. So I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know what else they're talking about. And I'm like, oh, let me just check Twitter to see how it's going. <laughs> it was rough. So I watched this one. This, uh, this was probably where the... The, the lack of sleep was really hit me. So I was a bit agitated watching this with the doggos, getting a bit heavy-eyed, and it opened up. And this was just... It felt to me that this showcase, this presentation was, hey, I'm Randy Pitchford. Look at all these things I'm doing. Look at how awesome I am. Don't talk to me about the USB drive that I left at that restaurant once that had the bloody child porn and all that other stuff on it. That's a story for another day. But, like, he was just everywhere just, like doing Randy Pitchford things like there was a big focus on this presser about the Borderlands movie so it opened yeah. up with maybe five minutes of Pitchford on the set giving a giving us a tour uh you know Ariana Greenblatt playing Tiny Tina she was allegedly there but they blurred her out and put like the the game version um image over the top uh there was a bit of back and forth between uh Randy Pitchford and Eli Roth talking about the movie but it was weird because Randy Pitchford kept like talking over these people trying to talk about like the movie. Like there was parts Shock there horror. where he was talking to Eli Roth, Edgar Ramirez, who is uh, playing Atlas. And then also later on uh, where where this Gearbox conference ends with Randy Pitchford having a bit of back and forth with Kevin Hart, who's playing Roland. 
And it was awkward as hell because Pitchford is not a good dude. <laughs> I think the industry and the world can agree with that. Like, yes, he's made some great video games, but that doesn't excuse how he is as a person. And having him front and center of this thing through the whole thing just put a really bad taste in my mouth. And they talked a lot about the Borderlands movie, but at the same time didn't talk about it at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can understand Like, there was no trailer shown. There was no showing of the characters in their their outfits. Obviously, we've got that silhouette photo we talked about, I think, on last week's episode of THG. And thought, maybe this could be the time to showcase it, debut the trailer, you know, get the hype going. This would be the perfect time. Yeah, but what do we know, right? We're, We're not heads of these studios and we're not part of their marketing department. Whoever's doing that must be far smarter than the rest of the masses, but... This was just a Randy Pitchford showcase and he was in his horrible shirt, which I fucking despised. I saw your tweet. Oh that was the funniest God. tweet that was amongst all the other ones that kind of made a comment about this uh, showcase, but yours was just like, that shirt. I'm like, wow, how bad is this? It's like- not good. It's not good, Miss Hart. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like the, the one positive I can take about this Borderlands movie discussion is that Eli Roth seems to be on that same level as we were talking about with Giancarlo before where he's invested and he's taken the time and doing the research and understanding the world and talking about it as more of a science fiction film instead of we're making a video game movie, you know? So I liked that there was that sort of calming of the nerves and saying we're trying to just make a good sci-fi movie. They talked about it being a bit gory and like blood and viscera. So I'm like, cool, they're on brand. It should be more than a bit. Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're not going to M rate this thing. I think it, they're going to go for the mm. the R rating for oh. uh, for <laughs> US and MA or R, depending on how it lands here in, in the AU. So, look cool, but man, like so much Randy Pitchford, like get off our screens, dude. Like let your other great talented co-workers steer this thing. So there was a bit of that. We had these weird cutaways where we were talking about um, talking about Homeworld, uh, an, an RTS game from the late 90s, which is a, a sci-fi RTS. Homeworld 3 is in development and they announced that in like three or four little weird slices in between all these other ones where they're like, oh yeah, Homeworld 3 is in production. Then it'd go to something else. And then it awkwardly cut back to that and they'd say the same thing again. Just really jarring, really weird. Uh, they showcased some more Wonderlands. Like we talked about how they could have not shown it at uh, Games Fest and had that as maybe the, the ending for this Gearbox thing as a big like, whoa, new game announcement, but no. But they went back to that same well and they had uh, Kayla Belmore, who was the senior producer, talking about the game in a little bit more detail, but also at the same time, it felt like they just rehashed the exact announcement from Games Fest, so there wasn't anything new really showcased. It was just a different oh. person talking about it, which was a bit of a missed moment. <coughs> Excuse me. They had a had a, a, a showcase with the dev team on Tribes of Midgard, which was that uh, Valheim ripoff, cop, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, showcase on that, and then they showcased Godfall, which was the PlayStation Five exclusive. And one of the oh, sell yeah. points that they did for Godfall in this announcement was Godfall is coming to PlayStation Four on August the tenth, and it's like, cool, man. Wet sale here. Like, yep, PS4 users must be happy, but like for that as one of your major announcements on this global scale, uh, you know, conference that everyone tunes into to have a game that came out to mixed reviews, 
uh, one of the big sell points to get people keen on it is it's going to be available on a previous gen now. So it's like, what's going on here, Gearbox? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, we did, um, full disclosure, I believe there was going to be a VR gaming showcase at the time of this recording. So we will would have missed that today. Um, but we if, if anything major, we can report it on our part two. Yes. Of E3 coverage. Yes, yes, indeed. So there is there is a lot uh, in part two, but I guess that brings us to sort of an end as to where things were or are as a current state of play as far as the, the random uh, press conferences that have done the rounds the last couple of days. Who would you give the early winner to, Miss Hart, as far as best overall conference out of the ones we've talked about or, or um, you know, seen over the last few days? See, the bias in me wants to say Devolver Digital because I always, like, there's <laughs> there's a story in it. There's great, like, you know, they they do set pieces. They do, like, they actually put a lot of time and effort into it. There's a few games in there that I really like. But then, like, I also want to give one to Wholesome Direct because there were just so many games in there. And also within their within their um, stream, they also made mention of um, certain charities that they, they were supporting, um, you know, through that time as well. The only thing I kind of give them a little miss mark was they had three people hosting it and sometimes they would cut back to them for them to say, that looked cute, and then back to more oh, things. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a bit weird, but... Either way, there was just a lot of titles there that I really, really liked. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because um, I, I think I'd probably, because I haven't watched Wholesome Direct yet, but I'm going to go check it out after this. I'd probably give it to Devolver at this stage because like these other ones, they were the, the THG metric of, they were fine, you know, they were passable. <laughs> there was a couple of great highlights in there with games getting showcased and debuted, but for the most part, it was like, yeah, cool. You know, I'll... Uh, I'll I'll keep on keeping on. There's nothing here that I'm going to be obsessing about up until the the release of these games. Like there was a lot of cool things shown and some interesting updates, but overall it's like, yeah, cool. You know, E3 is great yeah. and it's awesome that we get all these announcements. There was nothing like greatest presser ever. So I'm hoping we get that in the coming days because we've still got a lot oh, of content Microsoft. to uh to talk about. So um <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to have our uh part two of uh, E3 2021 coming out this coming Thursday. And that is going to encompass Xbox and Bethesda, Square Enix, PC Game Show, Future Game Show, Warner Brothers Games, Take-Two, Capcom, Mythical Games, Freedom Games, Razer, Nintendo Direct slash Treehouse, Bandai Namco, Eureka Games, GameSpot, and uh, E3 Awards, maybe. Maybe. We could give some mentions and maybe some award winners and see if we agree. But there is a lot more E3 coming your way. So, uh, yeah, if you wanted to get up early and watch those streams live, feel free to do so. They're available, you know, on Twitch, YouTube, and just about everywhere else. Or you could watch them on demand on YouTube as well afterwards at a more respectable hour for AU listeners. Or if around the world, just, just jump in when you can and uh, see what exciting new announcements are going to be coming your way this week to release this year and beyond. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um go through and watch these events like if if listening to us is the first time you've heard of any of these things i do recommend going back and checking these things out hopefully we've enticed you enough to check out at least a few things um in this title uh netflix geek week there were other things as well like a bunch of animes and other tv shows that were announced um so see if you can find maybe a rundown of everything that was announced through the geek week i was 
pretty impressed by that. Um, and also, like I said, Wholesome Direct, just grab the list or watch the whole thing because there's a, a bajillion things in there. So Definitely, definitely. And even some, some of the larger press conferences, if you don't want all the semantics and awkward hosting parts back and forth, you can find all the trailers just broken down. So if you want something mm-hmm. a little bit more tighter and you're a bit more sensitive on time, just go back and check all the trailers like uh, Press Start, uh, obviously Australian outlet here, they do a really good recap where they'll have each one of the trailers then like a, a line or two showcasing what it is. So you can just smash through the trailers one after the other instead of having to go through some of the weird hosting and, and back and forth. If you just want to see the games, that's probably the best way to do it. Exactly. All right. AB Nation, that brings us to the end of episode 245, which is E3 2021 part one. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. So many games, Miss Hart. So many games. So little time. I forgot to mention Ryan Reynolds' awkward movie announcement for the movie that hasn't come out in three years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. I'll buy a bottle of your aviator gin as as penance. Oh, me too.